Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Jacob Granger. Each week we bring you the most interesting conversations in the media industry. Today we speak to social media expert Matt Navarra and he's here to talk about the burning questions that journalists often ask about social media. It's a case of doing a lot of testing and learning. It's definitely experimenting as much as possible because things change rapidly and new technologies come online all the time. Um, and also hedging your bets slightly, not not being too reliant on the one source of audience that may have served you well in the past, um, but could instantly be you know, lost in, in a moment by a, an algorithmic change. So I am joined with uh, Matt Navarra. Thanks very much for joining us, Matt. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. I'm glad to have the chance to speak to you. Hopefully today we're going to go through uh, some key social media questions and challenges that journalists and news organisations face, a few solutions too, and of course in the backdrop of your new podcast. What do you want to tell us about that, Matt? What's what's happening there? So yeah, the podcast just came out of an idea that's been floating around for a little while, tied to my Facebook group, the, the Social Media Geek Out, and um, it really aims to be a podcast geared towards uh, tech and social media enthusiasts, practitioners, professionals, and those interested in all things new and uh, and topical to do with social media. Um, and so we're probably going to try and get it to start launch on third week of August. Uh, it's going to be six weekly episodes of about 45 minutes with guests from the world of tech news media and also from the social networks themselves. And uh, what kind of topics will you be exploring in particular? Anything anything in mind specifically? So, you know, we will pick up on the top stories of the week that relate to social media. So, you know, if there's been a big um, data scandal to do with, you know, Facebook or Twitter, or if it's something to do with a new um, popular feature in Instagram, or it could be discussion around, you know, the problems of influencer marketing, uh, what's going on with regulation in social media. So it's really what's current and most talked about um, in that week or in, in recent weeks to do with, with social media and social Social networks in general. So we certainly will have people's uh, on the show that will be familiar uh, and high-profile characters from the world of, of social and social networking. And not to ask a painstakingly obvious question, but why do these sort of conversations matter to you in this day and age, Matt? Well, it's twofold, really. One, because I'm just a general geek in this stuff, sort of stuff anyway, so it fascinates me what, what's changing and uh, adapting in, in social, and, and it changes fairly rapidly, so it's quite cool to keep on top of it. Um, but also, you know, I speak to a lot of clients, whether they be news organizations or big brands, startups and, and governments around the world, um, and so this is uh, almost a, an extension of what I've been doing before, um, so it gives me a, a way of keeping on top of the news, because it, do it, by doing this, I'm having to kind of maintain that, um, but also provides hopefully something interesting and useful to those sorts of people that are already following me or may end up following in the, in the future months. So. That's something I want to ask you. How do you stay on top of the mountains of information happening on this you know, seemingly ever-changing landscape, Matt? What's the secret? Well, it's a combination of things, really. Um, it come, it's born out of the fact that I used to work for a technology news publisher called The Next Web, TNW, and um, part of that role as director of social was to support the editorial team, um, sometimes sourcing stories or flagging things that are trending, um, picking up on what other people are writing about and why it might be useful for them to consider writing about. So that kind of started me off kind of being in that world of finding content and what's going on in the world of tech and social in the news. 
Um, but then as that snowboard grew um, and people um, were interested in kind of some of the smaller, more niche things like changes of features or things that people hadn't seen before in, in their app that had been tested, um, I realized that there was something in that and that people were fascinated by it or found it useful. Um, and so then it grew. And so so now in terms of the tools I use, um, Newswhip is a very powerful tool. I strongly recommend those to um, people to use it who haven't used it before. By, um, so it's Spike by Newswhip. I also use um, Data Miner, which is um, tied heavily to Twitter, of course, um, and, uh, and on both of those um, tools, I have alerts set up either desktop notifications or, or email alerts. Um, I also have heavily used TweetDeck, of course, um, with lots of filters and different columns for different topic areas or keywords uh, or individuals. Um, and I have a lot of people that tip me off. Um, and so I have the group that I have, the, the social media geek out where people are posting things, which sometimes things I don't know about. And there's things that people DM me about on Twitter uh, and also people email. So um, there's quite a wide range of sources. And sometimes if I'm lucky, some of the social networks are very helpful and they might tip me off to something that they, they're coming up with and want me to know about as well. You mentioned your group in there, which I am a part of, and I see a lot of the questions that go in there. Matt, from your perspective, what are some of those frequently asked questions that journalists in particular sort of come to the group and yourself with? What do you see as some of the common confusions or frustrations with social media at the moment? It is quite a variable level of skill. Um, and so um, the questions can be as basic as kind of, you know, which platform would be best to do this? So it's a question more about what formats to use and which platform is best for the type of content they've got, whether best for the distribution and reach or whether it's best for the type of audience for that type of content. Uh, it can be more technical questions around um, sort of the editing of content. So lots of questions around the best size and specs for, for video in terms of length of video and time of day to sort of post it um, and strategies to kind of uh, get it out there across uh, a wider um, demographic. Um, and also it can be questions around targeting, you know, people, um, journalists um, and news organizations do use paid social to kind of get their pieces of content out there to the right audiences. And so there's often quite a disparity between a social media manager being good at social media in general but then quite often they don't have that same level of skill and ex experience with paid social so there's often questions around using you know facebook ad targeting and, and the other platforms as well um and then finally verification you know verification and, and misinformation and fake news that you know when journalists are quoting other people's tweets or sourcing of where an image came from or, or some information that seems to be being discussed you know is it is it genuine and where does it come from and how do you get to a point where you find that out and be sure, assured of that so there's often quite a few questions around that but um there's the questions are very very varied but those are some of the more common ones i would guess mm. and and to sort of pick up on a few of those um what tends to be your advice let's look at maybe targeting what would tend to be your response in terms of specific questions, you know, it can be around, they have certain types of content which they've not had as much success as they would like to have had with it. And they're kind of quick curious as to, you know, what types of targeting options would be beneficial that they maybe hadn't thought of or hadn't tried. And so it, it really, you know, can, that can be very varied. But generally, it's, it's classic kind of responses is around you know, knowing your audience and knowing your content and knowing what has done well in the past and how has it performed and who has it performed well with, you know, is there any correlation between the format that they've used or the platform they've used or the time of day or is it something else and, and trying to look for those patterns and uh, hits and misses uh, and then marrying that with the data they know about their existing audience and then kind of finding that place sweet spot in the in, the, in between that kind of hits what they want to hit it, it might be the existing audience that they think will engage again or it could be new audiences that they haven't reached and they want to reach them for the first time 
That's really useful insight. Uh, if, if I had to put you on the spot and say, what is the one biggest concern or challenge facing journalists and news organisations on social media? What would you say that is? There's two things, actually. I think it's, it's how can they be sure that a piece of information is, is accurate? It's, it's official, it's true, and it's, you know, they, they can be assured of the, of the you know, quality of what they're going to potentially report on um, whilst maintaining any kind of confidences with, with sources of information. And I think that's an enduring problem, which is also increasingly more difficult because of the level of you know, scepticism by the audiences, but also with the amount of fake news that's pumped out by all sorts of bad actors in, in, in the industry or in, around the world. So that there is that challenge. I think and the other is, is around audience, particularly for publishers in general. It's that question of how to keep maintaining or growing an audience and then the question of monetization of that audience you know, uh, in the current climate of splintered levels of information coming from all sorts of different publications in all different formats across all different sorts of platforms um, and working with different social networks can be more successful or easier than, than others. And so there's still a lot of confusion as to how to hedge their bets around making their content more accessible and uh, reaching the right people at the right time and enough of them. What, what have you seen is kind of the most effective way of approaching some of those problems what can they do about them there, there isn't any magic single answer because that's the problem with with the publishing industry as a whole you know it's been struggled for, for many years and we, i don't think we've moved on greatly in the last couple of years with that you know there's been lots of features released by the likes of, of facebook and google around uh, publishing and publishers you know we've seen the um, amp amp format from uh, google and we've seen you know uh, things like uh, instant articles and then subscription um, sort of features for for paywalls for publishers and things um, and then we're increasingly seeing now that uh, podcasts and audio and uh, voice recognition and those that area of technology is now becoming an interesting one for publishers to play around with to you know, produce content in audio and get it out you know in, in that format as well um, and I think that uh, it's a case of doing a lot of testing and learning it's definitely experimenting as much as possible because things change rapidly and new technologies come online all the time um, and also hedging your bets slightly not not being too reliant on the one source of audience that may have served you well in the past um, but could instantly be you know lost in, in a moment by a, an algorithmic change or a change in taste or even people's uh, interest or, or desire to use one platform over another because of a particular scandal or something so it, it, making sure that you're spreading your bets slightly uh, i think is always a good strategy again really useful insights and that relationship between publishers and platforms is something I, I wanted to put to you. Uh, you mentioned about the AMP the AMP stories. I mean, we've seen in recent times Facebook doing more to help monetize content on the platform or plans to do that. Do you see these as genuine olive branches to try and hand back power? Or do you still think we need to keep our guard up and be quite cautious about these kind of uh, advances that we're seeing? Based on experience of what the, um, these platforms have done in the past for publishers or not done for publishers, um, I think it's fair to have a heavy level of scepticism and, and slight doubts around what their motives are and, and how long anything will last. Um, so I think it's right to, to kind of be slightly guarded, but I think you should um, test and, and learn with lots of these new tools and functions as much as you can to see what works for you and your audiences. Um, I think there's also a part that there there is that um, ongoing discussion around regulation and, uh, and uh, the responsibilities of these platforms, both for spread of misinformation and fake news through to data privacy um, and user privacy in general and and also um, you know what they are doing to support 
local news and outlets as well as mainstream news publishers because you know as we've seen in, in things like the Reuters digital news reports and, and other similar um, Pew kind of uh, investigations the volume of news that's discovered through socials is continues to generally increase on most platforms and and people's sources of news is not the same as it was 10, 10 years ago it's not the same as it was five years ago um, and so yeah I think it's uh, important to use these platforms to understand them to experiment with them but to to not take uh, take things too much to be around forever um, and to, to know that there's always a, mot- a business motive for these platforms and not doing it for or mostly for you know the benefit of um, the publishers it's more what's in it for them and so uh, yeah I always held that little bit of skepticism so, so can we ever reach a, a point of harmony with with between publishers and platforms uh, and is that even desirable to some degree there is a, a level of need for each other you know the platforms want good content and want content that is sourced from reliable and uh, you know good sources of information that because content is you know, the lifeblood of many of these platforms so that's what people come for good quality content that's accurate um, and fair and, and well reported etc so um th- there's a desire i guess from the platforms to maintain a, a good enough relationship so that that, that doesn't become this a level of animosity and likewise the publishers from a distribution point of view although now there's increasingly a larger range of places they can get their content out to and there's been a little bit of clawback from publishers trying to bring people back to their own platform using paywalls or keeping it in their own ecosystem and and not being so dependent on publishing to these platforms there is still a huge amount of traffic and and, uh, potential revenue um, and some people actual revenue gained from using the likes of a Facebook or a Google or or anything else. So um, it's never going to be never use them or or always use them or always use this one and never never use that one. I think it it really is individual to the publisher and you just need to be a little bit cautious as to, you know, how reliant you become on on one. And if you are becoming reliant on one, think about how you can kind of mitigate some of that risk. Yeah, really useful insight. So what would be your best advice for news organizations uh, thinking about their social media strategy not just now but for where you kind of see this industry headed um i think at the moment as i mentioned earlier that the it, the audio side of things is is an interesting one you know podcasts have become a really important part of how people consume content in the last sort of 12 to 18 months and, and it's not been a, it's not a new thing as we know you know podcasts have been around for a long long time but the interest in them um, has grown dramatically and, and we can see that through the fact that you know, anchor is now owned i think by spotify and, and spotify and apple are both pushing hard on the technology side of things to help creators of podcasts and to distribute content for for podcasts in greater volume and, and create original content and in partnership with them both individual creators and publishers um add to that the, the the fact that we've got smart speakers now these kind of google assistants and alexas um uh, and increasingly our apps and, and our cars are, are very much voice orientated and audio orientated as well to me that seems like a, a big area that to to be experimenting with and we have seen publishers do that so that's one thing um i think that um that people and publishers and, and, and journalists need to be very aware of this this ongoing shift towards private messaging and groups and communities uh, that that movement away from what I think Mark Zuckerberg called the kind of town square into the kind of living room where you know before everything was about posting to pages and posting to, to publicly to large audiences and that's where discussions and comments and engagement was happening and because of a lot of factors to do is you know things like Cambridge Analytica and people's awareness of the importance of their protecting their data uh, and, and also not, not seeing the benefits but also seeing the, very much the negative side of, of online life of trolls and harassment and all those kind of things 
all of these things and more and regulation have kind of pushed people towards groups and communities, which provides a unique challenge for both brand marketers and advertisers, as well as publishers, because being able to uh, understand how successful a piece of content has been, where it's been distributed, who's shared it, who's engaged with it, uh, how many clicks it's got and where those clicks have come from when they're behind the closed doors of an encrypted messaging app or from a private group, which is not, you know, you can't see that information and get that level of analytics, your your ability to understand your audience and produce uh, content for them uh, in a better way or in a better format is, is more restricted. To come back to your podcast uh, that's coming out uh, as a final question from me, Matt, what is the one conversation there that you think is most pressing that you are most looking forward to, to vocalising through the podcast? Um, there's a couple, there's several fun ones and there's several kind of more serious ones. I think on a fun level kind of thing, you know, I would hope that we have a good conversation with maybe someone at Twitter. You know, there's lots of fun questions around the edit button, of course, which is always a big bone of contention for both journalists and publishers as much as the everyday users of whether they should have an edit button and what, what their thoughts are at the moment on that through to, you know, other features around why hasn't Twitter done much with the DM um, side of things, a messaging part of Twitter, which I think is a really key component for for a lot of journalists, particularly if you're sourcing stories and engaging with people in in stories as well. Um, So there's lots of fun stuff around that that I'd like to kind of dig into, as well as then Twitter's beta app and where that's going and how successful um, the tests have been on on how that um, has been received as well. Um, I think on a more serious front, um, I kind of, um, I would like to speak more to people at Facebook. Um, I think I'd like to know a bit more about um you know what they see as the the shifts and how the platform is going to be used and and you know how the impact of stories as a a lead platform a lead format for content will will change the way that we use social media and and how do they think some of the um, suggestions and changes um, that the regulators want to put in place and also that they've tested themselves such as removal of the engagement stats from from instagram for example you know what are they seeing with that change and and how do they think that will uh, adapt the way social media will be in in five to ten years time um, so I think those those would be quite interesting questions. And then finally, TikTok. You know, I'm I'm keen to speak to someone at, at, at TikTok or who's more expert in, in TikTok than, than I and others are to understand. You know, is it a flash in the pan? Is it something that's a significant platform that will be here for some time? And if it is, you know, what what, what are the sorts of things that uh, people should be doing on TikTok, particularly if you are a publisher or a brand? Um, that's something that's quite a new area of, um, for, for marketers and publishers to to play around with. So those things for me are some of, some of the interesting things I'd like to dig into. Well, I, I certainly can't wait to have a dive into them. Uh, Matt, I look forward to the podcast um, coming out. You said it was the end of August, um, but thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me and um, would be great to stay in touch with you. Great stuff. Love to speak to you. Thanks to you at home or on the commute for tuning in. If this conversation has sparked your social media interests, we have a couple of training courses coming up on mastering the art of Instagram and social media content strategies. Head over to journalism.co.uk forward slash courses to find out more and book your place. While you're at it, check out newsrewired.com to grab yourself a ticket for our upcoming digital journalism conference happening on the 27th of November at Reuters in London. Save the date and we'll see you there. Last but not least, if you'd like to feature on a journalism.co.uk podcast, simply reach out to us on Twitter at Journalism News. But that's all from me this week. Until next time.